Broadcasting from the 72nd floor of First Canadian Place in the heart of Toronto's financial district, this is Hashtag Finance, the podcast that profiles innovative entrepreneurs and thought leaders operating in the public markets. Presented to you by the CSE, the exchange for entrepreneurs. Folks, we're back again with another episode of Hashtag Finance here on the 72nd floor of First Canadian Place. Today, I'm joined by Chris Bercy of Direct Communication Solutions, Inc. And uh, Chris and his company came all the way from uh, San Diego and other places across North America today to open the market at the Canadian Securities Exchange. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank Pleasure you. to have you. Awesome. Thank you. Um, we don't often have guests from San Diego, so maybe just tell me what, what was happening in San Diego before you guys made the trek to uh, what has been a less than uh, sunny Toronto today. Well, first off, it was 75 and sunny, and I got to play golf before I came up, so it was, uh, <laughs> I got that out of the way. Yeah, now, and having visited San Diego myself a few years ago, I, I can attest to its beauty and consistency. It's very consistent uh, from a weather perspective. Now, when, a couple of things we want to just discuss today. So DCSI is a symbol on CSE. Um, this company just recently listed, and I, I just I kind of want to get behind the story of how you guys decided to go public. It's a technology company based out of the United States, and these companies, uh, you know, typically would raise their money. You know, they would never leave their own borders. They would they would stay in the U.S. Maybe raise money from a VC or, in your case, a debenture. Uh, maybe just walk us through how your your path to market. So really, what happened was, you know, we were we were a private company. We've been a private company for the last ten years. Um, we were looking at ways to raise money, didn't want to really go the private equity route, the VC route. A um, couple of my board members are Canadian, a couple of my key employees are Canadian. So, it, you know, it really made sense for us to take a strong look at the CSE as our, our first stop. And, you know, it, it's worked out well so far. Right. And can, can you elucidate on that topic of uh, venture capital and why that wasn't your path? We Speak wanted, freely. <laughs> yeah, we we wanted to uh, wanted to raise some money and have access to capital, but I didn't want to give the company away. The dilution, right? I mean, do you find that's a uh, you know a common trade off with the, the the venture capitals is is a lot? You got to give up a lot early to to get a taste of 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 you know capital injection. It's yeah, I think it was a combination of that scared us a little bit, plus the fact that. You know, we have a vision for the future and we want to be able to execute on that and not be constrained by outside forces that don't really understand our industry. Sure. Okay. And we, we, I think maybe we can even touch on that a bit more uh, after, but let's talk about that vision. So you have a vision um, and that's what you're executing on today. What, what is that vision for, for those who need to know? So what we're going to execute on in 2020 is we've got a couple of key initiatives that we're we're finalizing and we're going to be bringing to market in the next quarter or two. One is our wireless beer keg monitoring system, which we call Brucey. Um, that will, you know, we believe that's going to revolutionize how draft beer is monitored and monetized in the bar and restaurant industry. Oh, so really? with Brucey itself, um, a couple of key critical monitoring features of it, it will monitor temperature from the keg flow down to the ounce from the keg, CO2 pressure, which is critical for all draft beer or sodas, anything yeah. in a bar and restaurant. Um, and then we also built in shutoff valves. So that will really kind of, a, you know, minimize the after hours pours, the free drinks. And it's, you know, it really kind of decreases the liability issue from a bar owner where, you know, if last calls at 10 p.m., you know that at least all your kegs are shut off at 10 p.m. Yeah. And no 
no employees are coming in afterwards and they're pouring beer, they're giving it out, they're cleaning up, drinking beer. And then you can take that data from the keg and monetize that and say, all right, X amount of ounces were poured. How come I only charge for Y and what's the delta? And then you can monetize that from a bar owner's perspective. I, I can attest to that because I know I worked at a very popular high volume beer sales bar in Toronto about 15 years ago. And one of the oldest tricks in the book was to pour from the cheaper draft and sell it as a higher end draft. Right. Because drunk customers don't know. Right. And well, and, I mean, if you look at the industry in general, you know, depending on which report you look at or which analyst or, you know, survey, the average loss per keg of beer is about 20%. Wow. So if really? we can take that down to, you know, 5% and, you know, again, you're looking at five, six, seven, eight dollar pints. You yep. know, it, it adds up fast. So the, you know, the cost savings is there. It's just educating people and showing them that now there's a tool and a IOT device that will help them uh, monetize their, their beer losses. What was that device that was on the uh, hard liquor pours? Was it a Tazzle or I forget what that was called, but uh, there was, there's a, a couple of them. Yeah. A, yeah. They basically would pour a perfect ounce and you'd lose, you know, that, you know, right. Shrinkage or whatever you want to call it over porridge. Um, so, okay. In a roundabout way, we've talked about what the company does, which is IOT solutioning, right? Yes. Okay. And, and other than the, uh, the beer cake monitoring, which I think is a very important cause. I think you guys are serving, solving a real problem. Um, anything else you guys are working on in the, in the next we are so we're yeah. working on our own line of uh, sensors as well so we're designing and we'll be launching our uh, sensors in probably early q2 so they'll be bluetooth 5.1 um and the you know the cool thing about what we're doing with our sensors is you know traditionally everybody's doing one monitoring touch point per sensor so they'll right. do like temperature or humidity or door open door close so the sensor we're designing in-house will basically support seven functions. It'll support temperature, humidity, light, door open, door close, barometric air pressure, 3XS accelerometer, and a panic button. And the reason we built Ooh. the panic button in is it can be dual purpose for, you know, whatever you want to do. If you want to just have an event-based thing, you push the panic button or the button. But it's really, we put that in there really for like walk-in refrigerators. Right. right? <laughs> I'm stuck. So if you look yeah. at it, you know, if somebody gets locked in a walk-in refrigerator, yeah. you know, there's no way to communicate. They can now push this button on there. It'll send an alert to whoever's on the alert that's user-defined, and then you can go let them out. That's one that, example. That's one example. Okay. Yeah, no, I I, I get that. You said Bluetooth 5.1. What's what's changing in the world of Bluetooth that I, I just um, think that Bluetooth, my, we, yeah. we went with Bluetooth 5 basically because it's the you know, latest technology, yeah. longer range. Um mesh technology just right. it, it it's the latest technology right yeah. so and that's that's always the challenge in our space is trying to keep in front of that technology curve because it's always changing sure and so back to where you guys are from san diego <laughs> is is was known globally as a uh technology uh startup hub and right. it's in, in, in the intersect of finance there what has influenced that and created that environment? I don't know how long you've lived there and done business there, but um, uh, obviously you have the military influence, a huge Navy base and training and whatnot. But yep. what else? What else is contributing to that that culture of innovation? You know, oddly enough, the uh, the military actually took me to San Diego, so that's how oh, really? I, that's how okay. I ended up in San Diego was you know via the military. Um, I would say Qualcomm, right? Qualcomm is really? yeah. a huge presence in San Diego. Yeah. Employs tons of people, and you know. Pretty much everything we work with on the IoT side via cellular is based on a Qualcomm chipset. 
Wow. So what did you do in the military? What was your... Uh... I was actually an air traffic controller. Oh, wow. Two aircraft carriers, so. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I, I would say to any listeners that do go down there, go visit the... Uh, was it the Midway? I actually served on the Midway for four years in Yokosuka, Japan, before it was a museum. So, yes, wow. go down and... Uh, see it it's an awesome experience is it not the plane they use in uh and this is topical because we're going to see uh the sequel this year but top gun it was the uh it might have been the carrier they used in that film i don't know i think that was the vincent it was the vincent okay fine i'll take that we'll we'll do it we'll do it we'll do a fact check on that after but yeah it's uh i'm pretty sure (laughs) i'll believe you over my bad memory (laughs) okay so you just to to round out the conversation so you you go through this military experience air traffic controlling on aircraft carriers and when did your entrepreneurial uh career start and uh when did you decide you know i'm not going to be doing this anymore i'm going to start forging my own path as an entrepreneur but 10 years ago when I started DCS. Oh, wow. So, I, so the company's 10 years old. Yeah. So I worked for, I started out with Novatel Wireless, which is now in Sago. Yeah. Um, worked for Motorola. Worked for uh, CalAmp for a year. And then I just, you know, figured I could do it better. <laughs> and saw the, uh, you know, saw the opportunity and I took it. it right. Was, uh, and are there any uh, principles or... Um, models or influences on your career as an entrepreneur that you carry forward today. So I always think of people who have mentors or they have people that inspired them to take that path. You know, it was, um, I, I, I live by the, the grizzly bear theory, right? I What's mean, you that? have to run faster <laughs> than the slowest person and, you know, good enough is not good enough. Right. So, you know, if you work hard, you know, you can do whatever you want. It's sometimes not that complicated, is it? It's not. It's, uh, I think, honestly, a lot of it's the fear factor. People don't want to take that step. entrepreneurial step and, you know, venture out on their own because it is scary, right? You're, you got to make payroll. You got to take care of your people. You got to pay the bills. And a lot of people uh, are dependent on you and the things you decide to do. No, and it's, you know, it's funny. I was looking at my, uh, we had our holiday party a couple weeks ago and, you know, employees brought their their spouses or significant others and you know i was looking around the room going wow there's like you know we have 32 employees but there's like 60 people in here and you know it it sinks in and you're like wow you know i've you know these people are all dependent on what we do and how we execute and how we uh you know how we do it day by day Uh, yeah no it's it's uh it's a uh, it's a burden but it's also an honor uh, to be able to do that because you are impacting people's lives directly and that's 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 amazing um okay so uh, like we discussed i just want to wrap up by just saying uh, a few things and and asking one more question which is if someone's listened to this and they're they're just coming across this company for the first time where should they get more information uh maybe if they're a prospective customer or they want to invest where, where should they start looking for more information on how uh, you guys are changing the world uh, in sensor technology and iot so they can reach out to myself or yep. they can reach out to bill espley who's one of our board members and one of our investor relations contact and that information's on our website if they yep. if they want to reach out via phone or email and I believe it's on our website as well, the CSE.com. Just type Correct. in DCSI under the, the search and you'll find it. Okay, well, thank you so much for Chris. I, I, I really appreciate the fact that you traveled all, all this way 
to be here today. Thank you. Um, I want to thank our listeners. I want to thank you for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe below. And if you're listening on Google, uh, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere podcasts are, uh, we'd love to have you as a subscriber as well on hashtag finance. And two twice a week, we, we tape these shows and we're really, uh, again, Chris is a great example of the great people that we get to interview. So thanks again and uh, have a wonderful time uh, in Toronto. Thank you. We're social here at the CSE. Each and every day we'll keep you up to date on trending topics that investors are talking about, such as cannabis, blockchain, and esports. Follow daily CSE news and events on your favorite social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. You'll find exclusive interviews with leading entrepreneurs from a variety of industries, thought-provoking stories from across the world of finance, and updates from CSE events taking place worldwide. Join the conversation and connect with us today.